Welcome to Straight from the Muzzle, folks, where we are anything but straight. My name is Space. And I'm Bean. And we welcome you guys to our episode, which is about <laughs> adoptable. Shut up. I try to make it like... <laughs> no, I'm laughing because you didn't, you didn't give me a countdown. And right as you started the intro, I made the tiniest, weirdest sound. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure what that was. And I'm like, she'll catch on. Whatever. <laughs> just go with it. Recording, so I just went boop, boop, like just <laughs> real quiet. And as soon as you started talking, I had to like hold so my So stupid. <laughs> so, okay, so I don't know. Uh, we'll get to, to today's topic in just a moment. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so Bean doesn't have when it comes to like editing these podcasts like together. <laughs> Bean doesn't do the audio editing. Bean does like the video ones. If we do like. Um, a screen capture because we feel like it's content that we want to have you actually look at. I guess technically this this adoptable show could fall under that, but we're lazy, so we don't want to do that this time around. It takes a little bit longer to set up anyways. But I find a lot, though, like when I'm recording or when I'm like editing, I I pick up on the things that like you and I do in between whoever's talking. So if I'm talking, there's noises that you make or there's jokes or things that we spit out. And I'm just like, oh my God, we actually said that. Oh my God. <laughs> it's... And then there's there's the things too. Like um, we, I, I start recording before we actually go into the show. So sometimes we talk about things beforehand. And it's just that banter beforehand is just, it's golden. It is so golden. <laughs> I haven't even created the blooper episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've started, but I haven't actually finished. I could probably <laughs> break it up into like twenty minute episodes, but there's just moments where it's just like, oh my god, Rip. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever, <laughs> Rip <laughs> Kelly Ripper. I don't know. Anyways, um, <laughs> so today's show we are talking about adoptables. Um, it's a fairly, I would say it's a fairly common thing within the fandom, but if oh, yeah, you're not looking for it, you common. probably wouldn't notice it was there. So it's kind of, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of like, it's in your face, but you don't realize it is there. Uh, you might see it as like eight, like characters on a sheet and you'd be like, oh, that's cute. Someone commissioned that. And then you scroll up to the next thing or whatever, but truly this is like an actual thing. Um, <laughs> I used to think it was stupid and ridiculous at first because I'm like, who would do this? But I I kid you not, every time I see someone come out with adoptables and it falls within my price range, which is usually five to ten dollars per adoptable, <laughs> I buy as much as I can get. I don't know what it is. It's like this uncontrollableness. It's like me going into Bath and Body Works at the annual sale and I literally buy the whole freaking store because it's like <gasps> I just got like $500 worth of product for like a hundred bucks. So it's just, I don't know what it is. I love shopping. So when I see oh these, I just, God. yeah, I buy it. The I'm most sh- space thing I've heard all day. I love shopping. I do. I really do love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. I love grocery shopping. Yeah. You know, okay. So when I go grocery shopping, actually just in general, um, I like to shop alone because it takes me forever to shop because I'll go up and down every aisle and I'll consider 
like what item I want to get. And then I'll just stand there and like, just look at it and think about it. And so it should take someone like what, 30 minutes to shop the store. It takes me like an hour and a half to two hours. Sometimes Felix messages me like, are you okay? Are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm at the grocery store. He's like, you've been there for two hours. And I'm like, so? I'm at the soup store. <laughs> I'm in a safe place. Okay. We're okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <clears throat> today's show shouldn't be fairly extensive like a lot of our other episodes are because there's a little bit more in-depth detail. Adoptables is kind of like fun. It's easy to go over. And that's just kind of what we're going to touch on is a few things about that kind of like, what would you say? Is it like a community or like no, a sub- I think it's just an aspect of like the furry community, especially. I don't see adoptables in a lot of other fandoms uh, or in a lot of other artist communities, but I, I do see them a lot in the furry community. And I think it's especially popular because there are a lot of furries who aren't artists, um, but still want characters that are well designed. So, mm-hmm. you know, adoptables are a part of that market. Uh, so they're just a pretty popular part of the art culture in the furry community. So we figured like we'd a, talk about it. Like a sub-community. Of the yeah, fandom. I could see that. <clears throat> so what is an adoptable? So an adoptable is pretty much a pre-designed character. It doesn't have to have a theme, but a lot of adoptables do have themes just to make it more cohesive and fun. Um that you adopt basically so it instead of coming up with a character yourself you can walk into the uh the furry orphanage to say oh my god (laughs) i've never thought of it like that (laughs) your little nanny (laughs) (laughs) and you you adopt a design that already exists um instead of creating one yourself so it, it it can be just you know, people who can draw can still buy adoptables, of course, but it really is an, ad- an advantage and a good source for people who aren't very good at designing their own characters or um, just, or if you just fall in love with an adoptable that you see and you gotta have it. You know, it's just, it, it's such a variety of things, but it's basically just a pre-made character that you pay money to own. God, well, if that's an adoptable, I can't imagine, like, I can actually, because it's me, and I do imagine the unimaginable all the time. Um, <clears throat> does that mean, then, that the fursona that I came up with has been birthed from my mind? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I wanted to see if I could, I wanted to know if I could actually use that as, like, a, as, like, an example, so... I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Gross to think about in that way, but yes. Hey, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. (laughs) Space was born through your brain vagina. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. (laughs) Anyways, my uh, my creativity vagina. I'm sorry, parents who are listening to this. This is definitely not... <laughs> Anyways, we're gonna move past that. <laughs> I'm not editing that. Moving out. on. Keep it. Um, yeah. Pr- so I've never really thought about it as an as an orphanage. That's actually quite interesting. Um, now when I go, I'm gonna be like, oh no, I'm gonna leave poor Timmy over there, and I should adopt him too, so that he has a brother. <laughs> oh my god! Why are all orphans <laughs> called little Timmy? Well, Timmy. 
<laughs> I don't know. So an adoptable in my mind. <clears throat> God damn it. Why is it every time when we record, my body's like, I'm going to go ahead and seize up your throat until you get some liquids <laughs> down it. Every time. It's phlegm time. Without fail. Yeah. Oh, whatever. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> God. Whatever. <laughs> it is what it is, folks. That's just the reality of recording. Um, so my my way of, of viewing an adoptable, because of how quickly they come and how quickly they go, it's kind of like the equivalent to a Walmart $5 grab-and-go movie bin. You go in there for groceries or something, and then you realize, hey, look, there's a movie. So I, you buy it, and then you walk out with it. <clears throat> and then you probably never use it again. And you never watch the movie because you realize you just don't care. I kind of like that. I'm a, I'm kind of like that. So like I buy my characters, but then I forget about them. <laughs> it's so, rip. It's like I'm super excited Christmas Day, and then after Christmas, I'm just like, okay, well, you know, now I got to start the countdown all over again until next Christmas. Boo. Your poor adoptables are just sitting in a folder somewhere, cold, hungry, dying, just like my Neopets. More. <laughs> I haven't heard of Neopets for so long. They probably are. They're probably all just like, is he going to come back? (laughs) No. 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 He left for milk. Will he come back? I dropped you off at Petco and I never came back. Oh, no. (laughs) So (laughs) anyways, um, how can adoptables be used? (laughs) Well, in, in your sense... You don't yeah, use them. I don't. I abuse them. God. Abandonment. There are lots of ways they can actually be used, though. You don't have to go the space route. It is the ideal So a lot of people do have a problem with, like, hoarding adoptables and never using them. Um, but I've seen a lot of people use adoptables as, like, actual personas. Uh, and this goes back to what I said before. If you have a hard time, like, designing things yourself, or if you're, you just haven't gotten the time to go to an artist to design a persona for you. If you see a character and you feel like it, you know, could pertain to you and can connect you in a way like a persona, I've seen people use adoptables as sonas all the time. But if, you know, you don't want one to be your persona, it could always just be a standard OC as well. Uh, Just because it's an adoptable doesn't mean you don't have to be unattached from it. Uh, you can use them as an OC and have them, you know, be really important to you. Uh, I know, for example, m- my one of my primary characters, his name is Rocket. He is a uh, green green macaw. He was an adoptable, um, you know, as a fursuit. So his design came with his suit. And I spruced him up a little bit, made him a reference. And now, you know, his suit and his character as a whole is you know, one of my top three characters that I use. And, you know, I adopted him. I didn't create him from scratch. So uh, those two <clears throat> ways that they could be used. Could you, I mean, could you technically say that an adoptable at first is an OC that then evolves into a persona? Yeah, I can, I could see that, you know. Because technically I think... it is an original character from that artist, unless they're just. Yeah. Yeah, because it is each. There could be multiple of them, but the, each of each one is individual by itself, an original character. Yeah, because they all belong to the artist before 
they belong to you, so technically they do start off as just original characters, um, and then can evolve into somebody's OC over time. They can also be fursuit designs, which is always super duper fun. Like, you you can get an adoptable that is just a fursuit, no art. So, like, a pre-made fursuit, I would consider to be, like, an adoptable. Oh. You know, you, you buy the fursuit, that character is yours now, you can create art of it. That's what happened with me and Rocket. Um... Or you can get an adoptable as artwork. And let's say somebody is selling an adoptable. It has, you know, front, back, side design. They're like, this adoptable is $2,000. You get the artwork and you also will get a partial of the character. So it can be a fursuit design based adoptable where you don't only get the character, but you're also going to get a fursuit built to fit you based off the character, which is always so fun to see. I love those. I have not thought about premates being an adoptable. An adoptable. Yeah. What did I just say? An eruptable. An eruptable. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 I could create a dictionary based off of my own words <laughs> that I come up with. <clears throat> yeah, it's okay, so those are ways that you that adoptables can be used. I'm sure if there's more then, you know, do you could graze upon that but don't call us out on it <clears throat> because we didn't know that there was other options. <laughs> so how do adoptables work from both a buyer and a seller perspective? Well, okay. So from the seller's perspective, it's pretty simple. You just create a bunch of characters. You can have one sheet of characters all have a similar theme, whether it be like, pride adoptable so you'll have like a gay flag themed animal and a lesbian flag themed animal stuff like that um what is that sound it sounds like a mini bong what was that (laughs) i found a glass of water just kind of like sitting on my desk i i don't know how long it's been there but gross it could be i think it's there been there for a couple of days but i um it's fine it's water it's lubricating my throat nasty yeah i'm a nasty boy (laughs) Um, And that's a B-O-I, not a regular boy. Um, So I drink up, right? I kind of suck in the water and then I tilt my head down and I suck up as if I'm going to like, I make my lips look like a whistle, like I'm going to whistle. And so when I suck up, it makes that weird noise. It's just (laughs) noise. (laughs) It's really good. Like if you're drinking a warm drink and it's too hot, it actually cools it down. So this is like one way of like... <laughs> it's like it's my thing <laughs> you're welcome oh god someone's gonna be like oh that's a- someone is gonna be like triggered by that sound is gonna get the squicks because of you <laughs> <laughs> like mouth chewing sounds they're gonna like they're gonna hear it and then they're gonna wet the bed <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> they're gonna be driving and be like, "Ha ah, crap! There goes my last <laughs> pair of clean pants." <laughs> oh what is gosh. that noise? Anyways, <laughs> I interrupted, like I always do. Space <laughs> honey, I know. This is why we love you. It's okay. <laughs> this is why they enjoy listening to the show. <laughs> so weird. Okay. Where were you? 
Okay. From from the artist perspective is where I was. Okay, okay. You basically, you, you draw a bunch of characters. They don't have to have the same theme, but it helps if you have some kind of theme going on, whether they're all just the same species or from this like or if the animals are some from the same area like i don't know like savannah animal adoptables or whatever having themes kind of helps just make make the sheet look nicer to get it more tension mm-hmm. um and once you design these usually it's just one view cuz you're going to design a lot of them in one go you don't have to you can do just one but you'll have an easier time making money if you have multiple on one sheet um cuz you have options now, and you'll put a watermark over every single one of them so no one can steal them. Once the person buys one, you'll send them the the picture without the watermark. And then that's that's pretty much it. You just you draw it, you put it up for sale, and you sell it. Now, my thing here with this particular line of adoptableness um <laughs> Let's say you have just like the standard, we'll go with the most commonly chosen fursona. <clears throat> Not this like past few years because it's been circles. Uh, we'll just say in general, fox. Okay, so you design a fox. Um, would it be considered cookie cutter artistry? Because each fox is the exact same. The only thing it's changing is the color. I mean, a lot of people would consider that cookie cutter adoptables. <clears throat> but if you have the same line art, and the colors are, you know, like the designs are interestingly different. Um, then you could still get away with it. Some people won't care. It does help if you change the line art a little bit. So you might have generally the same line art, but maybe the ear shapes are different. Or maybe, you know, the tail shapes are different or stuff like that. Um, but if you have exactly the same line art with just different patterns drawn on them, you might have a harder time selling because it it looks a little bit boring. It looks a little bit cookie cutter. The only artists I've successfully seen sell adoptables like this are ones who are extremely extremely popular and people just want adoptable from them just because it's theirs. It's like buying an Apple phone because it's an Apple. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was an easy, you know, gut punch to Apple because I don't like them. Um, (laughs) I like their computers just for, you know, multimedia purposes. Um, now you'll see a lot of this in the fandom and once you start seeing it you'll be like oh okay cookie cutter if you're not familiar with that term we use it a lot when we talk about fursuits i use it a lot when i talk about them it's just basically the exact same design over and over and over again um the that would be like the outline basically and then like you said what the the colors and patterns are different, but the outline is the same. The right. body shapes are the same. Like the face expression more... is the same, like all of that stuff. Yeah. But you can design I've... like without lines or line art, like different patterns on it to make each cookie cutter look individually different. That's fine. You'll see a lot of that, but you may also see one character that the only difference is literally is just a shade lower or higher. So that's, that's really yeah. it. I just kind of throw that out there so you can kind of get an idea of what that is. <clears throat> Not that people really think about that consciously. Um, now let's talk about it from the buyer's perspective. The spire. I was starting to say seller, but I'm like, no, we already talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> Spires. The buyer's perspective is a bit more complicated, I think at least. Because when you buy an adoptable, um, 
you if you're not just buying it as an impulse buy, then it could be a bit more complicated for you because you'll you look at the characters and you'll want to decide which one you want, but you also kind of have to act quick because other people can adopt the ones you want before you can. Um, and that's something that's really common with really popular artists that have adoptables is that you have to act fast, which I think adds to the impulse buy aspect of them. Um, but you also have to be careful as a customer buying adoptables specifically with the rules some artists now not many but i've seen enough for it to be relevant to say i've seen some artists have rules with their adoptables for example you know if you buy an adoptable from me you're not allowed to resell it or you're not allowed to resell it for more than you've bought it for which i can understand that to an extent because like if you buy an adoptable from a popular maker for 50 bucks and then you turn around and try to sell it for 80, then you're basically just taking advantage of the artist's work to make a profit. That type of thinking too, that that specific rule is not just applied to artistry. It's actually applied a lot to like fashion and cars, you know? So for instance, if you buy like a Prada backpack and you bought it for a hundred bucks and then you decided to put, I don't know, some design on it and then you're trying to sell it for $20 more that would not be cool and Prada would probably go after you on that because it's like well they lost out on that $20 so forth so not supposed to like you're never actually supposed to sell a retail item higher than its actual worth it's just kind of rude since art doesn't have necessarily a market value that's set in stone since every artist is different it's kind of harder to like police it police it like the most you can do is just make a call out post against people who sell adoptables for more money but it's not common enough to be worried about it um and you know if it happens it happens uh it sucks the person who does it is disrespectful if you specifically you know ask them not to do such a thing but i think specifically telling people that they can't resell their adoptables at all i feel like that's policing too much because once somebody buys something it's theirs if later down the line they feel like they're not using that character and they want to sell it for the same amount of money they bought it for then i feel like they have the right to do so right um you know and and same with like fursuits it's not like you if you sell a fursuit whether it's a pre-made or a commission you can't really police that person if they want to resell that suit even you know if they originally commissioned you for it People will even raise the price of a fursuit from its original price, even though it's used, because they have a crap ton of art of it that they can include, or like plushies or whatever, just added things. So it's really hard to police something once you sell it as a furry artist, because, you know, there's no legality rules involved in that kind of thing that you can really apply. (laughs) You could, but if you wanted to sue someone, it costs money. Way more money than what you sold the thing for. So it's not worth it. Now, um, But as a buyer, you still should be aware of the rules. Because there will be other rules too. Like, um, you can't change too many aspects of the character, for example. Um, which I also just personally think that's a bit ridiculous. Again, if somebody buys something from you and they want to add or remove something from the design, they have the right. Um, but... It's just stuff like that. Some artists will have rules. And if you want to be respectful to your artists, then you want to figure out what those rules are. And don't be afraid to ask them too. be like, why can't I add it? Because maybe sometimes the artist either A hasn't really thought about it. And so they might make 
an a like an okay this one time you're like okay you can go ahead and add it but i'm going to make note of this you know for the future no add-ons so <clears throat> if you do ask don't be a dick about it obviously just you know i say like hey out of curiosity um i know you have this rule but is there any room for improvement or you know additional add-on maybe like later on down the road they say no just respect it they say maybe maybe discuss it see where that goes yeah no i can understand an artist saying no if someone's specifically asking them to draw it on for you that's different like hey i want this character to have wings can you add it on and like well you know no add-ons for free you know (laughs) someone if you want to add wings to an adoptable and it doesn't have wings you have to pay the artist um but i that's not usually the case usually it's just like no altering the character in general i've seen this a lot on like DeviantArt in the past. and But then it like... doesn't even fall under a category of being an adoptable at that point, because now you're customizing it as if it was a commission. Yeah. So there's a difference. I feel like there's a big difference between commissioning and selling adoptables because a commission is something that you are going to, for the <clears throat> artist to make for you. Whereas an adoptable is something that already exists. It's like buying prints on the artist alley it's already there. You yeah. don't ask the artist to add something additional to the print. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a good analogy. There you go. Now, something I want to point out. This is just in general for anyone who's buying art. If you're buying an adoptable, this one should be pretty simple to tell the difference between novice to experience art. If you see something basic, and we're not saying basic as in like the derogatory term that everyone has somehow made it a thing just saying basic as like the bare element there if you see a fox that has just minimal design and you see it for like 15 20 bucks red flag in my opinion (laughs) okay why is it 20 bucks what's so special about that one fox okay think about it um i feel like basic and this is just my opinion in general if it's a basic adoptable so should be the price if it's gonna have more design, more intricate things going on, then yeah, sell it for a little bit higher. But as you, the buyer, just be aware that if you see something that looks basic and then it's like a hundred bucks or so, think about it. What are you investing that hundred dollars in? What's what also is there, you know, like, because there might be, maybe it's an artist that doesn't know how to price, or it could be someone that's trying to rip you off. And I always just say like, like in general, be aware of the level of what do you call it skill that goes along and this goes along for commissioning or for adoptables as well yeah i can see that and and when it comes to like basic designs basic doesn't have to necessarily mean cheap it all depends on the skill level of the artist so if the art is done really well like let's say you have a basic design and an adoptable but the sheet that the adoptable comes on is like a three view reference sheet then yeah, the pro- the upper price makes sense because there's more views for the art you're getting. Or let's say it's a simple design, but it's using really unique colors that m- most people who don't understand color theory, you know, would use. Or shading. Then, you know, yeah, or shading or anything like that. But if if you see an adoptable and you feel like it's it's overpriced and that gives you a red flag, then just you don't have to buy it. You also you don't have to like comment on the artist page or anything and be rude because they might just genuinely, you know, not know how to price or maybe they 
you know, have sold adoptables like this in the past and they're just taking advantage of the fact that people will buy it. You know, I, I would do it. Fuck. Like, <laughs> you know, if you can make money off of it and you have a demand, then do it. Artists don't make enough as it is. So if, if you have that opportunity, go for it. But if it gives you red flags, then you don't have to buy it. Exactly. There are so many artists out there that can like, that have adoptables that are within so many price ranges. I've seen them go for like five bucks a pop. And I've seen them go for 300 bucks a pop. There's so many, you know, there are so many artists you could choose from, I've which is amazing. I've seen some go That's for like nice a dollar or $2 a pop. And I'm like, you could be charging more for this. I feel like you should be charging more. So in that particular... I feel like $5 is the minimum. I feel like that should be the minimum. But sometimes I do see them for a lot lower. And they're really intricately designed. That tells me this is a novice artist who just happens to be really good, but doesn't know how to price. So what do I do? I pay the two and then I add a tip. So I, mm-hmm. I add the tip based on the level I feel like they should deserve. So they're getting more back from what they were selling it for. I feel like that's yeah. necessary. Not everyone has to do that, but that is just something I like to do. Yeah, I like to tip as well. I try to tip every artist I commission. Now, let's talk about the types of adoptables because there's different types out there, much like how we have different personas. This is where we're going to kind of go down this route here of what you'll most typically find adoptables like in forms of. So um, you take it away because you pretty much came up with a lot of these. (laughs) Well, I see them a lot on Twitter. The most common ones I've seen. So there are a lot of like color themes. So especially during pride month. So you'll have like, and I talked about earlier, you'll have a bunch of adoptables that are themed off of the different types of sexualities that are in the LGBT community. Um, I've seen emoji adoptables, which are really cool. It's basically the artist taking three or four emojis on their phone and using that as a theme. So someone might like send them an emoji of like a snake, a cowboy hat, and like a, a what's another emoji? And an avocado. So you'll have like an avocado colored snake character that is a cowboy and that will be the adoptable. And the emojis will like come alongside it so you can see what the inspiration was. I love those. I think they're so much fun. I would call that Mr. Tex-Mex. <laughs> Mr. Tex-Mex. Yeah. Oh, I it's love that. Like, like Southwestern type of like persona type thing. That's a cute way of doing it too. That's um, It's very similar to your next um, one that you could find, which you called a mood board style, which I didn't know it was until I kind of came up with my own version of it. Um, Go ahead and explain what a mood board is, and then I'll make the connection to what I I associate it with. Mood board adoptables are really neat. It's basically when the artists take... The artist will take a bunch of pictures and will arrange them in a collage, usually nine to 12 pictures so it's like an even number where you can have one image in the middle and the one image in the middle of the picture is usually the species the adoptable will be and then the images around it are all an aesthetic or a theme that match each other that can apply to a character so like let's say you're making a goth bat adoptable through a mood board the middle picture will be like a fruit bat and the pictures surrounding it will be pictures of like studded bracelets and you know fishnet leggings and vinyl you know things like that and so the whole aesthetic with the mood board will be drawn into a character who adopts the mood board 
Um, <clears throat> so as I was trying to figure out what this was, it dawned on me that this would be another way of saying it's a Pinterest adoptable. Because what you do on yeah, Pinterest, like a Pinterest board. yeah, you basically put things that you like in there and then that's like a thing. So I can see that being a thing too. This they probably like would fall one in the same, but um one, you give me an example to one. Um do you know what it's actually called? The picture I see? Yeah. Is it cat cooties? Is that the name of the adoptable? Oh gosh, I don't remember. It was um it was it's a poodle it was a poodle i just found it on google images i'm not gonna lie so i don't want to say the artist because i don't have the source on me but if you just google mood board adoptables you can find some examples of them they're they're pretty common and i like them a lot it's actually one of my favorite forms of adoptables it not only helps you figure out the design of the character but it helps you figure out the attitude of the character or the character's interests organic yeah, okay. it's a really natural way to make a character. If you have a hard time figuring out how to make a character or what kind of emotions the character would give off, then making a mood board before you make the character can really help. Actually, did that for a character I'm I'm commissioning my fiance for to design right now. I made a Pinterest board for her to reference while making the character. Uh. Um, yeah, he's just a little little punk kid character. So like, I made a Pinterest board for him and sent it to her, and she's working on his design based off the Pinterest board. That's so, cool. um, you can use that kind of concept for lots of things. But I especially see them for adoptables. Um, they're especially common around the fall for some reason. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> probably because <laughs> like it's... in the fall everything's getting a little bit colder. I don't know. It kind of makes me feel like I don't know. For me. You know, I don't know. I honestly don't know. That's it. Might I don't be. No, I see them a lot things. in the fall, though. It's so interesting. Well, it's probably you know what? Okay, it's probably because like for the first you know big part like portion of the year, it's you know really exciting. You have Valentine's Day, and then you have President's Day, and then you have like you know Black History Month, and then you have like Pride Month, and all these things are going on all the time. And then you kind of like just slow down as fall comes in. So you kind of like sink into it. And that's usually where people get their moods. Like I only watch certain TV shows in particular types of the seasons. Cause I feel like it's the right time to do it. Why? I have yes. no idea. It just works that way. So it could be like one of those things. I can see that. There's also adoptables that are, can be based off of the same species. So like, especially with interesting species or, or like, groups of species so like i have a handful of adoptables that are all reptiles or like um i'm uh, last year or the year before i made a bunch of adoptables that were um ocean dogs basically like i had a jellyfish dog i had a isopod dog and so those are all the generally same species jelly dogs yeah you bought one you bought the jellyfish dog i did and i think i called them pb and jelly you did call them PB and yeah. Jelly. I remember that. I have very specific ways that I name my adoptables, and I'll go over that in a little bit. <laughs> and the last common um, type of adoptable that I've seen commonly on Twitter is plushie adoptables, which are basically characters that look like plushies. Um, I, I really love the dragon ones. I see a lot dragons and wolves and stuff like that. Uh, so, because plushie characters are kind of a thing. Uh, so I see a lot of plushy adoptables to go with it. You know, it's interesting going off of plush, like fursuit designs. 
and just fursuiters in general, I remember it being like just kind of something you saw every once in a while at a convention to the point now where you can actually see probably one plush fursuiter per like every 15 to 20. There's, there's just a lot of them out there now, which is kind of cool. Um, it's not like an interest. Yeah, that's just really like, cool. It's not like by itself anymore. Now it's like a thing, which is neat. I like them. I think they're, <clears throat> they're hot as hell to wear, though. Jesus. Oh, I bet. I just I don't think I would want to wear one. Let's be like wearing a freaking oven mitt and then sitting in the oven. <laughs> yes. And it's not going to burn, but you're going to feel really hot on the inside. You're going to sweat like nobody's business. Yes, absolutely. I'm a big guy. If I were to have a full suit, which is why I like partials, and I've never worn a partial, but if I had to wear a full suit, I think I would die within the first five minutes of wearing it. There's just no way. I don't like sweat, okay? <laughs> and I don't want to be taking my head off and ruining the magic like every three seconds to like wipe the sweat that's going to run into my eye. And oh God, now I got salt water in my eye. Like that's the worst, especially if you like- That's why you wear a balaclava. <sighs> yeah, I guess. But then like, even then the sweat is can, like I sweat, okay? I sweat- like it's a monsoon okay so it's gonna like protrude out of the balaclava and then it's gonna like flood or be like a waterfall effect in front of me so i'll be like oh my god there's all this water i can't see past it (laughs) you gotta make sure you keep multiple ones on you (laughs) i'll have to wear like a headband within the balaclava yes (laughs) like a a sham wow or something oh my god not a bad idea um, no, it's not. You can wear a headband under a suit. That'd be a good yeah. idea. So how to make an adoptable. I feel like we've kind of like talked about the aspects of making it ad- like, well, of an adoptable, but we kind of can kind of sum this one up pretty easily. Um, basically take all the different categories, all the things we've talked about and then boom. Yes. I think that the first step to it is picking like, a theme to go with again you don't need themes to make adoptables if you're only making one adoptable you don't necessarily need to have like an overlaying theme if you don't want but if you're making a handful of them on one sheet i think having a theme helps helps a lot so i think picking a theme and then maybe picking the species or multiple species that you want to draw and writing out how you want them to look before you draw them could be a good start you know um (laughs) I would laugh if someone has actually done this and I wouldn't be surprised if they have. If someone has gone through like, I don't know, has gone to the children's area of Barnes and Noble and just bought a bunch of coloring books, ripped out the pages, scanned them in and then traced over it. <laughs> and oh my gosh. Coloring book adoptables. Yeah. But it's like, not actually like, call it a coloring book adoptable without actually like, the premise of people knowing that you literally just ripped this out of a book and then you created like eight or nine of these things and then it's like woo check out my super awesome art that i totally didn't rip off oh no one's gosh. gonna know you know that sounds like it'd be a really fun panel at a convention coloring book <laughs> adoptables you just come in there and slap a bunch of coloring book like animal coloring book down and you're just like, let's make some adoptables, kids. Hey. Like, fun. <laughs> it's just, it'll be so fun. You know, I kind of wonder, has anyone actually done that out there? Um, I mean, you can email if you want to, but I, I, I highly doubt anyone will. <laughs> but I would just, it kind of makes me wonder if I've just now thought of that, someone else has had to have thought about it as well. Um, yeah. So 
what do we do with our adoptables? <laughs> you already know what I do <laughs> with them. You put them in a closet and lock them in there for years. <laughs> Poor babies. I have so many though. Um, if I if I I go and I hunt down <laughs> adoptables because I I was talking with Bean before we started recording. I don't actually save my my artwork. I just I know where to find it. It's on like for affinity or it's in my Telegram, you know, media dump. That's just like a file that's automatically saved on my phone in a subfolder somewhere. Um, but like, I don't actually save them. So I don't actually know how many adoptables are out there, but if I had to guess, I roughly put say between eight to 10, which is a lot because it's, it's a lot of characters that I now own that I never use. So I just think they're cute. I see them and I'm like, oh my God. And then also it, it comes to the point where if I know the artist, so a lot of the adoptables that I've done are from artists that I know, like from you being, and I do because I want to help you out or I want to, um, you know, I want to show my gratitude. So I may like buy more. Um, and then I kind of use that and say, Hey, look, I bought some adoptables. So should you. So, you know, Sometimes I feel bad because sometimes people don't sell. And so I want to go and buy it so that at least they have a sale. But then I forgot that I buy it. <laughs> it's not like it's not <laughs> buyer's remorse or regret. It's buyer's forgetfulness is what I have. Oh, my gosh. So, um, but I do name all of them. They all have names. So one that I had uh, pulled up. Let me go back and take a look at her pictures here. The way I name my adoptables are basically how they are pictured and what they remind me of. So a lot of them in my case, remind me of food and it's either because I'm really hungry at that moment or just in general, that's what they remind me of. So I remember getting some, I don't know who made these. I feel like it was someone within our um, group chat, but there was one that had like, it looks kind of like a Fox deer, kind of like deer dog almost. Um, and it's light brown, dark brown, and kind of tan. So I called him Fudge Ripple because I figured that's that's cute. Um, and then another one was kind of like similar colors, but he's got some spikes. I called him Crackle. And then the other one was just obvious. It had like bright pink and bright blue spots all over it, and kind of just looked like uh dipping dots so i called her dipping dot <laughs> that's her name hmm. um and then i think on yours the one that you made um it was a jellyfish dog and so i called him peanut butter and jelly because it looked like peanut butter because it looked like the jellyfish looks like jelly so it looked like jelly was just like running all over his face i'm like that's perfect so i love it um they're all food based names <laughs> They all have that in common, so maybe they'll be friends. Who knows? <laughs> they'll find each other in the dark. I love food names and food characters. I try to make them punny, you know, like just things that like naturally go really well together. I try to be a little bit more creative like that instead of just calling it like firestorm lightning strike, you know, something like that. I try to be a little bit more like <laughs> fun and just giggly. That's oh how I do gosh. it. I love it, though. I hoard adoptables as potential pre-made fursuit designs. So, like, I feel kind of bad because in, in a sense, I'm doing the same thing you're doing. I'm buying them and then throwing them in a folder and never drawing them. <laughs> but I don't draw them because I don't consider them mine yet. Like, because they're, they're designs I always am like, oh, this would make such a great fursuit pre-made. I want to I build it, but I don't want to keep it. So, like, I just keep it in a folder and then someday I'll pull it out and make a fursuit and sell it. That kind of thing. Especially since, you know, 
by the end of the queue that I have now, I'm retiring from fursuit making for a bit. And so I'll be making pre-mades instead. And so I'll have so many designs to choose from. I'm trying to see like where sometimes Felix and I exchange the weird shit all the time, all day long, every day. So there's like, I looked at the folder. It's a thousand ninety eight images that we exchange between each other. I'm not going to find my adoptable in there. I share everything with him. This is why you should say. I know. Who to thunk? So (laughs) no, no, that's gross. I'm just going to go past that one. Um, so yeah, there you go. That is our adoptable show. It's a short kind of like sweet thing. It's out there. If we decide maybe later on, like in the year, probably actually be next year. So season four, we might do an adoptable, you know, like, I don't know, not a redo, but visual. Yeah, show. Like a visual show. I would love it if people submitted their adoptable <sighs> sheets yes. and we like looked at them together, you know, that would be a lot of fun. That'd be really good. That'd be really fun. Um, Coming up, just letting you guys all know, coming up later on, maybe it's like end of October, probably early November, we are wanting to do a fursona roast. So yeah, you know that like it could be like a drunk thing that you had done or it's like your first fursona that maybe you designed and you know it's awful looking. Send send it in to us. <laughs> or it's the persona you actually use yeah. now. Send it to us. We'll find something to roast about Anything. It. As long as you're okay. Like, we won't, like, purposely, like, intend to, like, make you feel bad. We'll just roast it comedically. You know, kind of point, you know, things here and there. Maybe take a jab. But if you want us to see that, if you want us to review it, that will be a visual show. We will definitely definitely give you a shout out for it i want to see yes a lot i've seen a lot of fun things over the past few years i know you guys have got a couple of skeletons in your closet if not your current one just bring it i want to see it we'll even we'll even like roast each other's oh hell yeah i've got some characters i'll I'll let you roast mine and you in and i'll roast yours (laughs) i mean there's just things yeah there's just lots of things um, even like with my original designs at the very beginning, I'd just be like, what was I thinking? <laughs> that looks <laughs> awful. Um, send them in to talk to the muzzle at gmail.com. If for some reason you can't do that, then just send us a message on Facebook. You can do that too. And just say, Hey, this is for the furry, you know, roasting Sona, whatever you want to call it. As soon as I see that, I'll just categorize that into a little folder. You can do that as well. You can send us a message on Telegram. That's really easy to do. Um, And I think we even have our link in there as far as like the group chat. So you can always join that one as well. A lot of really great people out there. A lot of fun. There's, There's only like 60 people in the group, but at a given time, like 10 to 15, maybe chat at a time, but they're all really nice people. Um absolutely i love going through and reading everything in there uh, i'm like okay let me go right now because i'm gonna pull up my telegram on my phone even though i have it up here um so there's they're just like pictures and things that they're doing a couple of like new members i i welcomed with one of them a a weird what the hell is that Things of like of whatever. I'll go in there and I'll kind of just chat with people for the fun of it. For the most part, I kind of just let them do their thing. So you can do that as well. Um, if you like our show, let us know. If you want to hear a topic that we haven't gone over, or maybe you want us to retouch base with it because you think we could do a little bit more into depth, let us know. We won't know until you tell us. Once again, yes. email it, 
send us a message, telegram it, tweet it. You could go onto our fur affinity, but we don't use it anymore. <laughs> that affinity is that thing dead. is so dead. I haven't even touched the. Uh, <laughs> I haven't even like redesigned it because I'm just like, do I really want to put much effort into this? Because I know I'm not going to care about it after I'm done. <laughs> yeah, no one uses fur affinity. Twitter is the, anyway. okay. the new ground. So send yeah. us a tweet on Twitter if you want. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Do you have anything else you want to add before we end it? Nope, I think we're good. This was a really fun, quick show. And um, I hope we'll do a visual show for Adoptables sometime. Probably I'll next probably season. Probably do that next season. It'll be really easy and fun. But all right. Um, yeah, so stay... Well, I was going to say stay tuned. But there's nothing coming after this. <laughs> stay tuned while we log off. <laughs> stay tuned for a week. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next time. Have a great day. See ya.